Amen. You may have a seat. Welcome to Christ Point. It's good to see you this morning. Happy Father's Day to our dads. I tell every people. I tell people all the time we're imperfect fathers, uh, following a perfect dad. Uh, God is the only uh, perfect father that uh, we have, and it is great uh, to know Him. Uh, I thought, you know, it being Father's Day, I should start with a with a dad joke. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, did you guys hear the rumor about the butter? I don't want to spread it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I recently looked at my dog and I asked him, what's two minus two? He said nothing. This morning at our time of prayer, I told people that I was going to share a couple dad jokes, and they asked, are they funny? And I said, no, they're, they're dad jokes. They're not supposed to be funny. Uh, I hope you have a dad joke. Uh, if you don't, go on the internet. They're all, they're all over the place. Uh, uh, one of our regular rhythms here at Christ Point is to walk through books of the Bible. Uh, oftentimes, we will slowly, methodically uh, walk through either a large portion of Scripture, or we will walk through a particular book. Uh, we do that for a reason. One of the reasons that we do that is because we believe that as we work our way through God's Word, uh, oftentimes the things that we struggle with, the things that we wrestle with, are things that God has spoken about to us. And so if we will be faithful uh, walking through His Word, oftentimes we come across things that are incredibly practical for our lives. And so I was talking with a friend earlier this week, and I, and I told him, hey, we're going through the book of James right now, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of wish that the, the passage last week was this week. Last week we talked about God's character, his faithfulness, his goodness, and how as a good father he gives good gifts to his kids. And I thought, what, I mean, what a great Father's Day message. But that was, that was last week. And so my friend said, well, what are you going to preach on this week? And I said, well, we're talking about anger. And he said, well, it's perfect. And so <laughs> who among us dads has not wrestled and struggled with this at one point or Another, recently, just earlier this week, I read an article about a, uh, a, a coach in New Jersey uh, who got in an argument with a 72-year-old umpire. Uh, and he said some things that he should not have said, and so the umpire threw him out of the game. And uh, the coach walked over to the 72-year-old umpire and sucker punched. Broke his jaw. It doesn't take uh, much looking uh, to find a story on the internet of uh, someone whose anger got the best of them. And if we were honest, it probably doesn't take too much thinking uh, for us to recall a time uh, when anger got the best of us. I was 16 years old, I was talking on my phone in the bedroom, and I got in a fight uh, with a person on the other line, and I was so frustrated at the end of the call that I hung up the phone and threw the phone on the bed and took my 16-year-old self over to my bedroom wall and punched it. I put a hole in the wall that day. Uh, it was a problem for a couple of reasons. Uh, primarily because I put a hole in the wall, uh, but also because I punched the wall with wallpaper on it. 
which my dad was kind enough to remind me later um, that that was not a good idea. Something tells me uh, that I'm not the only one with a story. I think we probably all uh, have one. Has anger ever got the best of you? Now I say that, I ask that question, has anger ever got the best of you? And it almost sounds like anger is this opponent that we fight or that we wrestle with and he beats us into submission before we finally give up and say, uncle. Like, oh, anger beat me again. But the truth of the matter is, is anger is not something we experience out there. Anger is something that we experience in here. Who among us uh, has not uh, been angry? Anger, of course, is dangerous. Uh, Anger can rip apart friendships. Uh, It can create and cause distance between those that we love. Anger can destroy families and tarnish relationships. Anger can mar marriages. Anger at its very worst and in the very worst case scenarios can actually take life. So James challenges us, you and me, dads, he challenges us to to live a different kind of life. A life that doesn't give in to anger, a life that's not marked by anger. He actually paints a picture of a very unusual way uh, for us to live. I want us to take a look at this uh, new way of life found in James chapter 1, beginning in verse 19. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn with me there. Uh, James chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 19. If you don't have a copy of the Scripture, you can follow along uh, this morning. You can always go to the Version app, uh, go under events, look for Christ Point Church, and you can follow along uh, with the outline that way as well. Uh, James chapter 1, uh, verse 19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Uh, let every person be quick to hear, uh, slow to speak, uh, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Note the commands. There are three. Uh, The first, let every person be quick to hear. Isn't that an interesting command? Every person be quick uh, to hear. Uh, Listening is not high on the list of admired attributes. Uh, Listening well, of course, is a good thing, but it's not necessarily a celebrated thing. If you were to look online and do a little bit of research, you'd find a number of resources, books, articles about speaking well about communication, uh, what you won't find a lot of is conferences or books or resources on listening well. Listening well is a lost art. I remember speaking with a counselor one day and he said, James, one of the highest compliments I've ever received in uh, the last 30, 35 years of being a counselor is when someone came to me years after I had met with them and said to me, uh, when I was in your office, I felt heard. Isn't that interesting? 
of all of his years of practice, the thing that he remembers or this person remembered the most was the fact that this counselor was a good listener. Not necessarily the wise sage on the mountaintop that you go to that solves all of your problems and fixes everything, but simply the person who listens. Do you have someone like that in your life? Uh, someone that you can meet with, someone that you call, and, and you hang up the phone or you leave their presence and you feel heard. Uh, if you do, uh, know that that is a gift. Dads aspire uh, to be good listeners. Listening takes a certain level of humility. Uh, when we listen, we're not quick to throw out the answer, even if we have one. Uh, when we listen, uh, we, we don't figure out a way to make the conversation about us even when we have something to say. Uh, when we listen well, we're okay with not contributing anything that's wise or winsome or memorable in the moment. Uh, when we listen well, we're telling another person uh, created in the image of God, I care about you, what you have to say is valuable your opinion, your thoughts matter to me. Listening is a lost art, but it's a needed one, uh, particularly in our culture as conversations get more intense, more difficult, more heated, particularly as we face disagreements, good and godly people not always seeing things the same way, particularly in a culture when we discuss, talk about, debate difficult issues. Uh, issues that are nuanced and that take, a great, uh, that take great wisdom to navigate through. God, give us ears to hear. Christ's point, be quick to listen. James continues, be quick to listen and be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. Uh, there was a time in our world when our personal audience uh, was relatively small. Right? The people that, uh, that were in our lives that we could talk to was maybe our family members, a few people from our community, maybe folks that we worked with. But uh, more and more in our culture, that sphere of influence or that circle uh, whose a voice we listen to or our voice they listen to uh, seems to be growing. Right now, as a people, we are might for sound and everyone has a platform. If ever uh, there was a time to be slow to speak, uh, it's now. A news breaks by the minute, maybe by the second, and when news breaks, one of our temptations is to offer our opinion. I mean, we have to say something. Don't we? I mean, don't we have to comment on the news that just broke? Don't people want to know our opinions about what everyone is talking about? Do you ever feel tempted to quickly offer your opinion without knowing the whole story? I do. But what if, what if, what if being slow 
to speak was actually the way of the wise. There's a time to speak. There's a time to speak up and to speak out. Certainly there are times when we need to be reminded that we should say something. That's appropriate. But but James reminds the audience, be slow to speak. Uh, if, if If you're bent, if your personality is to keep it close to the vest and say nothing because you're fearful of stepping on a few toes, uh, maybe, just maybe, uh, God, God is calling you to speak up. But, uh, if you're apt to live tweet uh, every opinion, to say something about everything, uh, it may be best uh, to slow down a little bit. Uh, this, is, of course, takes wisdom Uh, This wasn't written to a culture struggling with the onslaught of social media, uh, and yet they still needed to hear it. And so if you're you're tempted to offer your two cents this morning, remember, uh, there is a coin shortage. Uh, So hold on to your spare change. Uh, If if you are are one to share a, a zinger and then drop the mic, Uh, Just drop the mic before the zinger. Christ's point, be slow to speak. James says, be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and be slow uh, to anger. Slow to anger is not the same as never becoming or getting angry. We're, (laughs) We're human beings. We have emotions. We have experiences where we get and we feel uh, anger. Uh, God was angry. Jesus got angry. But think about the things that Jesus got angry about. Uh, Jesus got angry when uh, the church uh, was turned into a business. Uh, Jesus got angry when spiritual leaders turn life with God into a list of rules and regulations, do's and don'ts. Uh, Jesus got angry when He saw uh, the fallout of the fall, when He experienced the consequences of a fallen and a broken world. Uh, Anger is not always wrong. And so this isn't a call to never get angry James isn't telling the church to be apathetic or non-emotive, but he is telling the church uh, to be angry and not sin. Be slow uh, to anger. Uh, I don't know about you, but we can have multiple responses to anger. Uh, on, On one hand, when we experience anger, we can fly off the handle. People around us know to keep their distance. They they see the look on our face. My children have told me before, Dad, I know you're angry when I can see you clench your jaw. They're going, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, Some people, when they get angry, they quickly respond to their anger. 
Right? The, the people around them feel like they're walking on eggshells because they don't want to say or do the wrong thing. And they say, don't, don't make dad mad. Keep, keep your distance from mom. She's in a mood. Don't talk to the boss. It's a long weekend. And you know people like this. Maybe some of us are like this. It's not a, not a good response to anger, but the other response, sometimes we swing the pendulum in the other direction and we think to ourselves, I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to be angry. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take my anger and I'm going to stuff it. I'm not going to tell people about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to stuff it. And that anger that, that we stuff just sits below the surface in such a way that, that, we, can, that we can stew and, and we can become bitter. Because we don't address it or deal with it. We just stuff it. We're, we're like the volcano. We're like, it hasn't erupted in like three and a half years, but we're all waiting. Now, both are unhealthy. Jesus is telling the church to be slow uh, to anger. Don't explode, but also don't stuff. Why? I mean, why? Come on, seriously. We've all been angry before. We've all been angry before. So why, why should we be slow to anger? Well, James tells us anger doesn't produce godliness. Be slow to anger because anger doesn't produce godliness. Verse 20, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The, the person that you're called to be and likely the person you want to be, you will not be that person if, if you are always given uh, to anger. If your, mark is life by ang- if your life is marked by anger, you will not be the person that God has called you to be. James says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Our righteousness in Scripture is used in a couple different ways. On one hand, when Scripture talks about God's righteousness or the righteousness of Christ, when we trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, the righteousness of Christ is placed on our account. The goodness of Jesus, the perfection of Jesus is ours. We are, we are righteous in God's sight on one hand. Uh, and then there are other times in Scripture when, when the Bible talks about righteousness, it's the sense of spiritual maturity or God changing us into the image of Jesus. Right? It, it's the life, it's sanctification in, in, in a sense, this lifelong process of us being changed uh, to think and to act and to respond like Jesus. I believe that's what James is talking about here. He, he's saying anger does not produce spiritual maturity in the people of God. I mean, when have you ever met someone and said to them, you know, you've really changed. You are different. Let me ask, what's your secret? Only to hear that person reply, rage. Rage. It's made all the difference in the world. I'm just ticked at everything and everyone. I think it's the joy of the Lord. Like, it's like the rage monster on Dude Perfect, right? We just, like, carnage all around us. That's what anger does. That's what anger does. If we are not slow to anger, if we give full vent to our anger, as Proverbs says, we are, we are unwise. So how should we 
is the people of God respond to anger. Because we, we know, right? We, this is a sharp group. Like, we, we know we should be slow to anger. We've walked away from things that we've said or done before and gone, oh, I'd like to have that one back. You, you don't need a seminary degree to know that our lives should not be marked by anger or rage. So how do we respond? Well, James tells us, this is one of the reasons that I love the Bible. It doesn't just tell us what not to do. It gives us the reason to not do it. And, and it talks about our response. How do we respond? Verse 21 paints a picture for us. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. There's something that we should get rid of and there's something that we should receive. We're to put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and we're to receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save our souls. I love that picture. Meekly, humbly receive God's word. And be slow to anger. Receive God's word. A, pre- a few verses previous, we were just told that, that we are saved, that God rescues us through his word. His, his word is powerful and life-giving. And so when we experience anger within us, one of our responses to anger can be to receive the word of God meekly or humbly. So what does God's word say about anger? Proverbs 29.11 A fool gives full vent to his spirit or to anger, but a wise man quietly holds it back. fool gives full vent to his anger. Or a 16-year-old who's ticked off gives full vent to his anger and he is a fool. Ecclesiastes 7.9 Be not quick in your spirit to become angry uh, for anger lodges in the heart. Isn't that a powerful image? Proverbs fifteen eighteen: A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Proverbs sixteen thirty two: Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. That is a powerful picture. I think we, we, we can celebrate uh, the, the vengeful hero in the movie right, who decides to take justice into his own hands and, and to take over. Right? He's strong and powerful. And even in our world and our culture, we can celebrate that, we can honor that, we can lift up uh, that example. Proverbs tells us, the one that you want on your team, the one that you want walking alongside of you, uh, is the one who is slow to anger, the one who rules his spirit, not the one who rules the city. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine: Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. 
How do we respond to anger? We receive with meekness the Word of God. We tell ourselves what Scripture tells about us. There's three things that we can do. Number one, we can, we can admit it. We can admit uh, when we're angry. Maybe that sounds overly simplistic. Maybe that seems basic. Uh, but, but just being honest about it is actually quite powerful. In an odd sort of way, it's, it's life-giving. Just to say, I, I'm, I'm angry. Uh, ten years ago, in October of 2012, uh, the New England Patriots were playing the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Patriots at the time were quarterbacked by this fellow by the name of Tom Brady. Perhaps you've heard of him. He's probably best known for uh, being the quarterback at the University of Michigan. That's how I remember him. Uh, he was going against the Seahawks defense. In particular, he was uh, throwing the ball against Richard Sherman. I don't know if you've heard of Richard Sherman before, but uh, he, was, he was a younger man at the time, up-and-coming player, really good player. And him and Tom Brady uh, were chatting the whole game. Uh, Richard Sherman says that most people have a particular image of Tom Brady uh, that is not accurate. Uh, when he is on the field, Tom has a few things to share and say to his opponents. And so uh, Tom and Richard were chirping at each other the whole game. Uh, at the time, the Patriots were beating the Seahawks, and so uh, Tom was kind enough to point out to Richard the scoreboard. He wanted him to know who was winning, and he reminded him on more than one occasion, come see me after the game. Well, as luck would have it, the Seahawks came back and defeated the Patriots 24-23. to And Richard Sherman was kind enough to remember Tom's request, and so he came to him after the game. And he wanted to have a little conversation with him. And one of the pictures from that game is the picture of Richard Sherman approaching uh, Tom Brady, uh, inviting him to have a little conversation. Uh, that picture became a meme that simply read, You mad, bro? The truth of the matter is, is Tom probably was mad. Uh, and, and something tells me uh, that sometimes uh, we are too. And so it might be uh, honest uh, for us just to admit it. The Bible word for that is confession of saying, yeah, that, that, that's true. I'm mad, <laughs> I'm angry, uh, and I need help. But don't, don't stop there. Don't stop there. And, and instead, do a little soul searching. Uh, do a little digging and ask. And so we admit it, and then we ask. What do we ask? Ask, why am I angry? Why am I angry? Do you ever stop to ask why you're angry? Really, really think about it. To ask yourself, is my, right, is, is my anger righteous anger, or is my anger unrighteous anger? Like, why, why am I mad? Like, really, why am I, about this particular thing that I'm mad about, Why? A few months ago, we were uh, driving home, and we approached a stoplight. We were making a left on 73. 
Uh, there was some construction going on uh, to my left. I had a red arrow, and I was waiting for the green arrow. Because when the light turns green, I like to pretend that I'm at the Z-Max strip, and I'm ready to hit the gas and take off as fast as I can. Uh, I don't want to be the guy that's waiting at the light for 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000. I don't want the horn behind me to go. I want to be on my game. And so I was waiting for the light to turn green because when the light turns green, it's my turn. And so we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And the light turned green and I didn't go. I know, I know why I didn't go, but just, I just, I, I just paused. I waited a second or maybe two long enough to get to the point where I'm waiting for the car behind me to honk his or her horn to encourage me along the way. But I, I was just waiting for that. I stopped, and all of a sudden I look up, uh, and and there is a massive truck flying down 73, going west. It's one of those trucks that you that you look at, you, you know, it's filled with concrete. And, and it, like, I, I, I was literally, like, visibly shaken. I made my left hand turn, and I get behind the truck, and he's scooting, or she, Traffic has stopped in front of the, the the truck, and so they slam on their brakes, and they don't have enough time to stop. They realize it and veer over, swerve over to the left, and thankfully there are no cars there. But I but I see this, and like it it just occurred to me that if, if I went when I always go, like. <laughs> It would not have ended well. And I was, I was mad. And I see that truck swerve over. And I, like I, I reach for my door handle. Because I'm going, I'm, I'm going to go say something to this person. And I don't know what I'm going to say. I know I'm going to look up and be like, you know, hey, mister. Like, what am I? Like, like I'm 5'7", right? I'm not... I'm a harmonizer. You know, I was like, you you know, that made me feel. But but I was mad because like I felt like you like you could have you could have killed my family. And you're you're driving like an idiot. And the person that you swerved to miss over there, you you could have killed them too. I think I think that was righteous anger. I think that was righteous. That that wasn't like he's going 43 and a 45 and I really wish you'd speed it up. And It was like you're driving like a fool and you're going to kill someone. Uh, can I tell you the vast, the vast majority of times when I experience anger in life, it's not that. It's not righteous anger. It's, it's people who have moved into my little world 
and reminded me uh, that, that I am not sovereign over the universe. It's, it's people who, who have pressed into my life and for whatever reason in that moment, they've, they've reminded me as much as I would like to be on the throne, king of the castle, that I'm not. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I get angry um, for all the wrong reasons. If you're angry, admit it. Admit it. And then ask, why, why am I angry? And, and then act. Don't act out. I'm not suggesting that. I'm, I'm saying, like, do, do something. Maybe doing something for you is simply going back and, and admitting and confessing to the Lord, God, I, man, I am, I am ticked right now. And I need your help. Maybe it's pulling back and, and just asking the question, of where, where is my anger coming from? Why do I feel this way? Don't, don't give in to anger, uh, but, but deal with anger. What would it look like uh, if we, as a church, if we as a people, if our lives were, were marked by this way of life? Men, dads, what would it look like if, if we were quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry? I, I believe that that would be a compelling force. And I believe that God would be glorified in it. Uh, so let's pray and ask God for help. God, I'm always just blown away by how your word uh, pierces the human heart. Uh, you, your word is a bright light that is uh, shown on the dark crevices of our hearts. You naturally reveal what we want to conceal. Uh, you point out what oftentimes is obvious to others, but maybe isn't so obvious to us. But you don't simply uh, point out the problem, you you provide the solution. Uh, this morning we give you thanks for Jesus. He's our hope in life. Thank you for your spirit in us that forms and shapes us, that challenges us and changes us. I pray by the power of your spirit uh, that we would be a unique and a different kind of people. And we need your help to do that. We can't do it on our own, and so we ask for your help. God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your Spirit. Amen.